As a Christian, have you ever felt like you've gone too far, like you've crossed a line and somehow God can't forgive you and somehow you're just gonna be forever in God's doghouse? Anybody ever felt like that? And that's just a common thing to feel like that. And when we feel like that, that's when the devil moves in with his lies because the devil plays off the feelings. And that's why it's so easy to believe the devil because it matches up with your feelings. He can heal every scar with real truth, real love, real hope from his heart. When it comes to faith, you have to be sure that you're believing the truth and not a lie. You have to go to the source, and that's God's Word, the Bible. This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Thank you for joining us today for a practical message today that reveals several key truths from Scripture that'll make up the rock-solid foundation for your faith, a faith that will stand up to the test of time, the test of life itself, and give you a giant weapon against the lies of Satan. And he is aggressively peddling those. The message today is the beginning of the last message in the Walk series. Now, get ready to believe the truth and stop believing Satan's lies. Open your Bible to Romans chapter 8. Here again is Pastor Jeff Shreve. Now, when we think about walking with God, there can't be anything in life greater than that honor, that privilege to walk with the king of the universe. And he invites all of us to do that, to walk with him, to experience his joy and his love and his peace and his power as we walk with him. The person in the Bible that is described as having a walk with God was Enoch. And Enoch walked with God for 300 years. And God finally took him up. And the scripture says that before God took him up to heaven, he obtained this testimony that he pleased God. He walked with God. Now, that is a great thing to to be invited to walk with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Well, who wouldn't want to do that? We would all, should all want to do it. And it should be easy, shouldn't it? But it's not. And the reason that it's not easy to walk with God is because of sight. If you're gonna walk with God, you have to walk by faith and sight is an adversary to faith and we get nervous because we can't see the next step with the Lord. But also it's a challenge to walk by faith and not by sight because we have an adversary and his name is Satan. The word Satan literally means adversary. Your adversary, the Bible says, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And the way that the devil works on you and on me and on humanity is through lies. Jesus said concerning the devil, he is a liar and the father of lies. And so the devil will take the truths of the word of God and try and twist them and try and make you and me question those truths and rely more on our feelings than we would on faith. And so that we walk by feelings and not by faith. Has anyone ever had this experience? You do something you know you shouldn't do. You commit a sin. You're, you're struggling with a sin and you give in to this sin, whatever that sin might be, and it's a big one. 
And then as soon as you commit that sin, just like Adam and Eve, there is guilt, there is shame. They knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together. And then when God came down in the cool of the day, what did they do? They hid from God. They were afraid and they were guilt-ridden and they were shame-filled. Have you ever had that happen to you? And when that happens to you as a Christian, the devil moves in and the devil says, you know, you shouldn't go back to church. I mean, look what you did. Do you think God could ever forgive you for what you did? No way could God forgive you. Would God forgive you? God has written you off. You need to just throw in the towel on your Christianity because you are a bum, you're a scum, you're a loser, and God doesn't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Has anybody ever experienced that? Am I the only one that's experienced that? Oh, the devil is good. He, he comes in when we're low and he comes in and he fills us with lies. And it is so easy to believe the lies because the lies match up with our feelings. We feel like a bum and a scum and a loser when we do that stuff. And so the devil just speaks to those feelings. Now, the Christian life, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by feelings. The three F's, fact, faith, and feeling. Fact is the truck. Faith is the gasoline that makes the truck go. Feeling's the trailer. Now that's the way the Christian life is supposed to run. We have faith in the fact, faith in the truth of the word of God, and feelings are carried along by the fact, the truth of the word, as we put our faith and trust in the truth. We get ourselves in serious trouble when feelings start to run the show. And for many, many people, feelings run the show. And feelings go up and feelings go down. Feelings are just all over the map. And the devil speaks to feelings and the devil's lies can become very, very believable. Why? Because they speak directly to our feelings. Well, we have to learn, if we're going to walk successfully with God, we have to learn to put our faith in the truths of God. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So let's talk today, as we finish up this series, let's talk about the truth, the truth that's found in Romans chapter eight. You know, Romans, the book of Romans is considered by many theologians as the, the greatest book in the New Testament, the book of Romans. And as far as the greatest chapter in the book of Romans, most will tell you it's Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, uh, some have called it God's declaration of freedom, Romans chapter eight, 39 verses. So let's look at what the Lord has to say. I'll begin reading in verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Brethren, and whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Well, who's the one who condemns? 
Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for thy sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Such a great passage of Scripture. And it's so filled with truth. Now, I've entitled this message, No More Lies, so that you and I would not listen to the lies of the devil, but we would listen to the truth of God and walk by faith and not by feeling, walk by faith and not by sight. So let me share with you this morning from this great passage four wonderful truths, four life-changing truths, four truths that you and I need to revisit often because of the temptation to walk by feelings rather than by faith. Truth number one, God is for you. God is for you. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us. The devil wants you to think that, that God is against you. That's one of his lies. Well, look, God, the hand of the Lord is against you for evil because of the evil that you have done. And he tries to get us to believe that. Now, King David was one of the great men in the Bible, man after God's own heart. He's mentioned in Hebrews 11 as having faith. He's in God's hall of the faithful. And one of the things that made David such a great man of God Psalm 56, verse 9, David says this, This I know that God is for me. This I know that God is for me. What a great thing to know. What a great thing to relive and rehearse in your mind and in your heart every single day that God is for me. And if God is for me, then who can be against me? If God is on my side, as one translation puts Romans 8, 31, if he's on my side, then who can stand against me, successfully stand against me? Well, the answer is obviously no one because God is on your team. Hey, if God is on your side, who can stand against you? Because no one can stand against God. And God shows us what it means to have him on our side to be for us. He gives us evidence that he is for you and me. First of all, he secured your eternity. You wonder if God is for you as a Christian? Now, all of this that we're sharing today, Romans 8, has to do with Christians. If you are here today and you have never put your faith and trust in Christ, these things, by and large, don't apply to you, but they can because you can today put your faith and trust in Christ. But this, this is written to Christians. So what does God say? He says he's secured your eternity. We have people today who say, you know, you can lose your salvation. You know, salvation is one of those things that, uh, you know, you got to base a question mark about it. You don't really know uh, if you're really going to go to heaven. You find that out when you die. Well, that's just baloney. 
Salvation is not something you get when you die. Salvation is something you get when you believe. And salvation is eternal and it's eternally secure. And let me show you how that works. Romans chapter eight, verse 29. It says this, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now, I don't know everything there is to know uh, about predestination. No one does. But I do know this. When the Bible talks about predestination, it so often links it with the word foreknowledge. How does God choose people to be in his family? What is the mechanism that God uses to choose? You know, uh, predestination is what God does before any of us were ever created. And God looks and, and he, he, he starts to say, I choose this one, I choose this one, not this one, not this one, not this one, not this one, but this one, this one, this one. And God is choosing his family. Now, what is that choice based on? Just on God's sovereign choice? Just on God's whim, God's desire? I don't believe that. I believe that God wants to choose everyone because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But I believe that God chooses those who want to be chosen. And God has foreknowledge, which means God in eternity past sees everything before it happens. Before he ever created you, God saw everything in your life from start to finish. He sees the end from the beginning, the Bible says. And so when it comes to Jeff Shreve, in eternity past, before anything was created, God one day decided that he was going to create me. And so God looked, he pulled out his telescope of time and he looked down the tunnels of time and he saw a 17 year old boy named Jeff Shreve. And he saw that boy hearing the gospel and he saw that boy responding to the gospel. And God said, you see that? I'm going to make him like my son. Before I was ever created, God in his foreknowledge chose me. First Peter chapter one says that we are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. God knows everything. He knows who's going to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, save me. He knows that. And before he ever created me, he saw that I was going to cry out to him in repentance and faith. And so God predestined me to be like Christ before I was ever created. And for those he predestined, he also called and I was called as a 17 year old and those he called, he also justified. He made me right with him and those he justified, he also glorified in the mind and heart of God. Every Christian before they were ever created has already been glorified in Jesus Christ. Now, if that is true and it is true based on Romans chapter eight, verses 29 and 30, how could you ever undo that? What has been set and predestined in eternity past cannot be changed and undone in time. And so it's predestined that I be like Christ. And so God has shown that he is for me and for you if you know the Lord Jesus Christ because he's predestined you to be glorified in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8 is all about the security of the believer. He secured your eternity. Secondly, he spared not his son. Look at verse 32. 
He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? God says, you want to know how much I am for you? When it came to purchasing your salvation, scripture says, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold from your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. God gave the most precious thing, possession he had to purchase you and me, and that was his own son. So his own son. Could he give anything more than his own son? No. Could he give a planet, give you a, a, a room full of gold? Is that worth more than the blood of his own son? No. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? It's the argument from greater to lesser. If God did all that for you to purchase your salvation, well, don't you think he's going to provide for you? Why would you think he's not on your side? Why would you think he's not for you? Look what he did for you, gave his son for you. And the Bible says in Romans chapter five, verse nine, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if God gave his son for me while I was yet a sinner, now I'm made a saint, now I'm part of his family, don't you think he's going to give all that is needed for me, for you, to live the Christian life and to be successful in the Christian life? The answer is yes, God is for you. He spared not his son. And then the third piece of evidence, he works all things together for your good. Romans 8, 28. For many, it's their favorite verse in the Bible. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God causes all things to work together for good for those who belong to him. Now that means all things mean the good things and it also means the bad things. The sweet things and the sorrowful things and even the sinful things, God works all those things together for good. Now, it doesn't say that all things are good because all things aren't good. But it says that God can take all things and work them together for good through the chemistry of the cross. Hey, you know, Romans 8.28 is really just that God's lemons to lemonade verse. You give God the lemons of your life and he makes lemonade. You give God the ashes of your life and the scripture says he gives beauty for ashes. He works all things together for good. God is for you. Isn't that great? God is for you. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Who can stand against me? So the devil will tell you God's against you. He's a liar and the father of lies. What is the truth? God is for you. Second truth, God does not condemn you. God does not condemn you. Now, as a Christian, it's a little confession time. As a Christian, have you ever felt like you've gone too far, like you've crossed a line and somehow God can't forgive you and somehow you're just gonna be forever in God's doghouse? Anybody ever felt like that? And that's just a common thing to feel like that. And when we feel like that, that's when the devil moves in with his lies because the devil plays off the feelings. And that's why it's so easy to believe the devil because it matches up with your feelings. The devil accuses you and me. The, the word devil 
Diabolos in the Greek means false accuser. And that describes what the devil does to you and to me. It says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, that the devil accuses us before God day and night. Do you remember in the book of Job where the the angels appeared before the Lord and the devil came with them and the devil accused Job? He says to God, when God said to the devil, have you considered my servant Job? There's not anyone like him in all the land. He's blameless in all his ways. And the devil accused Job and said, listen, Lord, the only reason that Job serves you is because you give to him. You're his sugar daddy. You cut out the sugar and he'll curse you to your face. He was accusing Job and maligning his motives. The devil does that. He accuses us before God day and night. And here's the thing about the devil's accusations. You know, he's a liar and the father of lies. But when he accuses you, when he accuses me before the Lord, he doesn't have to lie. He can tell the truth. He can tell what Jeff Shreve did. He, he can tell what you did. He can tell what I did before the Lord. He accuses us before the Lord. I love the story of Martin Luther when he said that he had this, this encounter. He didn't know if it was a dream or what, but this encounter with the devil, and it seemed so real, and the devil was at the foot of his bed, and the devil had a scroll, and he unrolled the scroll, and it was a list of all of Luther's sins. And Luther began to just sink into uh, condemnation and fear, and Luther cried out to the Lord, and he said, Lord, Help me, save me. God, all those things are true about me. And the Lord said to Luther, he said, Luther, get him to unroll the rest of the scroll. And so he said, devil, you unroll the rest of the scroll. And the devil didn't want to do it. He said, I command you, you unroll the rest of the scroll. And when the devil unrolled the rest of the scroll at the bottom of the scroll, it said, paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. All those things are true. But the blood of Jesus, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. See, the devil accuses you, but the Lord affirms you. Affirms you if you are in his family. Again, we ask, are you in the Lord's family? Are you a child of God? Have you surrendered your heart and life to him and him alone for your salvation? A powerful lesson today from Pastor Jeff Shreve as he explores the lies of the devil in this message called No More Lies. You heard part one today. We'll have part two tomorrow. We want to help you to live life by growing in your faith and changing the trajectory of your walk with God. Speaking of growth and change, both are part of the Christian life. And a mature faith requires taking steps each day to grow closer to Christ, and not grow complacent and stagnant. Would you like to discover the next step for you? This month, for your gift of support to From His Heart of any amount, we'd like to send you a resource that'll help a lot. It's Pastor Jeff Shreve's practical and inspirational seven-message series, The Next Step. And if you'd like to get a copy of it on USB flash drive, digital download, CDs, or DVDs, your choice. Call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, or go online to fromhisheart.org and request it when you make your gift of any amount this month. Again, ask for the series, The Next Step. And thank you for helping From His Heart take our next step to reach more people around the world this next year with the good news of Jesus. 
We also want to thank you for joining us today on From His Heart. I'm Larry Nobles inviting you to be here tomorrow as we close out this leap year February with part two of this empowering lesson about how to stop the devil's lies in their tracks. Be with us on Thursday when we'll again open up God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from His heart. His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember that no matter what, God loves you and He has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more about that. Go to fromhisheart.org.